Hello and welcome to the Surgical Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Haider Al-Hakim, the Third Eye Doctor. Pull up a chair and get ready for some candid and uncompromising discussion with experts, innovators, agitators, and influential people from every corner of health and well-being. From inside the hospital to at home in the kitchen, we're leaving no stone unturned in our quest to uncover the secrets of healthier, happier, more successful, and less stressful lives. Thank you so much for joining us, and without further ado, let's meet this episode's guest. Hello, Shonette. Do you know what? I, I, I can't say your name properly. It's so posh. Yeah, you can. Shonette. Shonette. There you it's, go. It's very it's posh. The, Who gave it to you? It's not posh, really. My mum was a hippie because I was born in 1972. So my mum was a hippie and it's the words sunshine and sonics put together. But I come from a northeastern seaside village where everybody was called Sharon and Tracy. So I grew up being Seanette and everybody's like, Seanette? Like, what? What the fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that posh, uh, let me tell you. But now it's made me top at Google, so that's good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 what was it like back in the 70s being called that name did did you have any funny memories yeah, yeah. well i just hated it because everybody was called sharon and like my best friend was called helen and in the register when people you do, you don't want to be noticed do you at that age and in the register they'd, they'd go shinette and then they go shinette and then you'd like be like yeah and then they'd like want to know why you were called Jeanette and not Sandra or something like that, you know. So you, it over. I got too much attention from it. Whereas now I like the attention uh, that I get from it. <laughs> absolutely. When when do you think that sort of flipped for you from n- no thanks, no attention to yes please, bring um, it on? Probably about ten years ago when I started to go out speaking, I think then people were like Shanette, and then it's like a name, and then it suits my personality. I think because I think my personality is so effervescent that you can't forget it. So it's like a good label, isn't it? And having a different name. Yeah, I mean, I sh- you know I saw you on the stage in a entrepreneur meeting, and I said to myself, I've got to speak to her today now <laughs> you know when you came off so what happened 10 years ago uh, 10 years ago I invented something in education called do disco and um, it it was a fine muscle exercise using neuroscience for young children to be able to get their brain to connect to their fingers faster so that they could write quicker basically but I didn't use traditional teaching methods to do it I, I I actually went out as a teacher myself and learned um, neuroscience so that I could benefit my teaching in a different direction instead of the traditional because for me the traditional style wasn't working with modern children mm. and that was 10 years ago um, why wasn't it working is it because of your experience um, the, it wasn't working because uh, that uh, 10 years ago was when technology started to become available in people's homes more readily and I think 10 years ago we as a society stopped moving as much as we um, need to to, uh, to develop 
the child's well to develop ourselves but to develop children you know this as doctors so you know you need six human years of physical movement before your brain learns your body your fingers last of all so children stop moving people would drive into the post box two doors down you know and the same with children children stopped moving and we as a society kind of became lazy I think and that really impacted on children coming into school they weren't ready they aren't ready now even more so now I think the statistic the scary statistic I just learned is 86% of three-year-olds have a device of some sort and um, yeah I mean I had a guest on he's a um, chiropractor and you know we talked about how actually movement is normal not sort of the other way around is you yeah. have to go out there and go to the gym and you, you have to move and whereas in fact actually human beings are about movement and yeah. it's really abnormal to be sitting down it's really abnormal to be sitting in a car or you know on a chair or behind the desk it's actually very abnormal yeah you know and that's the reason why we get all these chronic diseases so yeah fingers that's really interesting fingers because I'm a fan of fingers because I use my fingers all the time mm you know every, you know and it's 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 interesting isn't it sort of that you know because it, it has it, both e expression and movement and, it, and, and it's an essential part of your body isn't it you know you, you need your fingers for so many things i speak with my fingers mm. you know I, i've got i've just recently got a puppy and he's in his training and um, the the man the trainer was saying to me you know it's your body language it's you it's your body language that the puppy reads not what you say to the puppy it's mm -hmm. your actual body language and that's really interesting mm -hmm. isn't it as well in that sense but I think with door disco as well it became such a phenomenon in education it, it still is and we've just been having a conversation this morning uh, early morning with a teacher in Vietnam that it's now done in like 32 different countries around the world. We have a massive education movement around it called Spread the Happiness. And and actually something, you know, a little idea where you went, I went out and thought differently to other people actually snowballed then into the, the fabulous life I have today. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, watching you doing your dough actually turns me on. People. Is it my sausage? Is it my sausage? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sausage gets longer and longer every time you sort of massage it. <laughs> you just call me, don't you, this sausage? That's all you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, a uh, subconscious childhood generational thing of, of, of seeing fingers with those and, and all that. <laughs> I have got a lot of friends on Facebook because of Door Disco for the wrong reasons. Door Disco After Dark, I think I should call it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. I'll, I'll definitely subscribe to that. And even if there's sort of a, <laughs> uh, a paid subscription with <laughs> sort of Door Disco fetishes. You Probably know. get more likes on Facebook if I did that, wouldn't I? Of course you would, yeah. I mean, I saw one of your um, comedy uh, sketches recently you know talking about being that you know cougar yeah I'm up for that you know you're up for cougars <laughs> cougaring about just cougaring with the uh, with the do disco so um <laughs> <laughs> four kids <laughs> what four kids 
Yeah, I've got three kids, yeah. Yeah, um, four, four children, yeah. That sucks your happiness out. Well, kind of. Um, so, Do Disco, t- tell us more about it. You know, how did you get the idea? Um, well, I went to, I trained with um, the Institute for Neurophysiological, Physiological, IMPP. <laughs> uh, Dr. Sally Goddard Blythe is the doctor there. And she, and I do, it just, everything resonated with me about child development and lots of problems children have in school are physical to do with their physical development. Um, but we, as teachers, don't know that information. So we, just try to tackle the problem instead of looking at what what the actual start of the problem and and what, how we can iron that out and so um do disco they have an exercise called tapping where they tap their fingers um to get the brain working bilaterally and um you know things like brain gym were always too complicated for me like i could never do all that brain gym stuff and with the neuroscience, with the IMPP, they they seemed quite simplistic. I'm, I think I'm just like simple, simple. Lots of things in life are worked out simply, but we overcomplicate it. So I've designed since then. I've designed Do Disco, and then I've designed Squiggle Welsh to Wiggle and a maths program, so that you can inject them into the day, into your teaching day, and it makes massive impact. And and I think that for me is the key about anything that I do, including the the happiness injection, the comedy, the everything. I'm really passionate about making an impact on other people to help them mm. see that actually, if you just flip a couple of simple changes in there mm. to your to your general routine, you you can actually have a massive impact on your life as a whole. I think. Mm. And, and and you know you're you're quite an innovator. I mean you know, taking dough and associating it with education and children and neuroscience. It's sort of very, very innovative and very creative. Yeah, yeah, definitely, (laughs) definitely creative and definitely innovative and also impacting because it, 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 do disco done, we, we use draw a person and which is an approach by a scientist called Nagla Larry. And basically, when a child draws a person, they will just draw what their brain is connected to. So they draw themselves and they draw what their brain's connected to, and it's an amazing assessment tool. So within four to six weeks of doing draw disco every day, a child, even as young as two, will draw fingers on their person, which shows the acceleration of the brain to finger merriment. So as well as being fun and a little bit crazy, and like you said, people watch it and they're like, what is she doing? It's also got a really serious science to it, which I which I love because I think that's the thing about me. I always innovate these, these solutions, but then people are like, well, that's just a bit crazy. So there's always a really deep science in it for me that I've learned before and researched and, 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 and child development is just a big passion because mainly I'm really passionate about children in deprivation because the government always talk about breaking the poverty cycle, but I, I'm not really sure with, in my experience that anybody is really interested in breaking the poverty cycle but in with education and physical development 
you can bridge that gap. And if a child coming from a, a troubled area or an interesting area, we call it, has that advantage, you know, who knows what they could want to achieve. So that's where my heart is, really, my little yeah, heart. Yeah, you've, well, you've got a massive heart, I think. Thanks. You know, you've got a sort of <laughs> heart the size of the world, to be honest, because, uh, you know, listening to you speak, you, you do put your heart out there. Yeah, I do, because I think that the world is the world is full of people who don't put their hearts out there. Mm. And, and I think as well, you know, you've got to take a risk. You know, just mm. recently, over the past 10 days, I've been speaking in different places, and the key message at the end that they keep coming up with, which is a bad key message, is let's take more risks. And maybe mm. as a society, we've become so safe. We're so safe in health mm. and safety, in personal safety, and, you know, we don't put ourselves out there. But I think we need more people being real and putting ourselves out there. I just yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, de definitely. I mean, that's why I'm putting out this this podcast yeah. is sort of to listen to real talk, really. Yeah. Um, you know, talk that's not really heard uh, from and um, just putting our hearts out there and our minds and sort of try and come up with some kind of sense in this craziness. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what? It might philosophy is um it's a poem and it's called everything i learned i learned in kindergarten so everything you learn about in the sandbox in you know drinking milk and cookies with your friends you know and the biggest thing for me in that poem is hold hands and stick together when you go out into the world whatever profession you are hold hands and stick together because that's how you make it through and as an adult we we feel self-conscious about that you know we want to be friends with other adults but we're a bit more self-conscious we're not like children we don't go up to each other um on the play door table and say will you be my friend you know we but we should we yeah. should we should we should do that and now we use headphones and we hide in our devices yeah. um but actually i'm just a big firm believer in going around just making eye contact with people <laughs> yeah de definitely i mean we, we yeah i mean we, we we had a big nice hug together when we met yeah and yeah. well here's here's a top tip one number one for your listeners okay to transfer love to another person you actually have to hug for seven seconds excellent but most people only hug for three, not transferring nothing. You're think, that awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let yeah, let me go. I think we did yeah. it for over seven seconds. I think we 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 had a nice long one. Yeah, but that's just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And for the other thing, and the other thing is, don't count while you're hugging. Don't be like one, two, three out loud because it just the other person will be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Bombs about to go off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just for the breathing, isn't it? Sort of counting one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the other day I did it in a conference, and two tech guys were were like just having the most awkward seven seconds of their life. Like their faces were just so awkward. But it was funny. And it, bless them. Laughed, bless them. You know, but as as adults, even if you're in a relationship, you don't tend to touch other people mm. as much as you do as a child. As a child, you don't think twice about hugging your friend or holding hands or doing that. That connection is lost very much so. And I think 
you know, sometimes in conference when people are hugging or even we do we do this hokey corky, we call it the hokey corky cover version. So you know where you go running into the middle. You do that to your friends, so you're like, whoa, hokey corky. And people at first it's just so awkward for them, but then people like get really close up, nipple to nipple. It's brilliant. I love it. Uh, I'm getting person. excited here, yeah. <laughs> no, you are. We touch it daily. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Um, how about these lyrics of uh, Do Disco, the, the music? Where's that from? Um, well, it's actually from a man I met at the same conference I met you at. Oh, right. Um, he, he went away, he was totally inspired. He wrote a song and then he was like, right, I've wrote a song for you and now we have like a Do Disco song and, you know that's like when things like that happen it just makes me so appreciate my life because I think wow something that I just invented in my own classroom now is like international you know people write songs for it and recently somebody ran up to me in the airport when I was at the airport they they ran up to me and they were like ah do disco lady so I feel like Mariah Carey now uh, like because better, somebody wrote better. to me at the Come airport on. you look better than her oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her you said that <laughs> yeah ab- absolutely you t- I mean I've never met her I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's very nice very nice lady um, so how how many schools have you brought brought the dough into I don't I, I could I don't actually have a count every year we do like international door disco day and we even have a Guinness World record Yay. for the most people modeling we were allowed to call it door disco and we were allowed to call it play door we were allowed to say that so we caught so the Guinness World record gave us the most people ever to do to model with modeling clay simultaneously. <laughs> Why do they have to be so? Yeah. Why don't I have that in my bio? <laughs> yeah, no, forget that. Because it's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't but make sense. But basically, it's a Joe Disco World Record, and that that was that was a that was a good few years ago now, um, and we had about two thousand people do that, even people in the Middle East. Um, and China do door disco. And these were adults so, or, or children? I, I or did, mixture? Well, it's, it's yeah. meant to be for children, but I think adults enjoy it as well. I think adults enjoy it. And it makes them laugh. I, even just watching the videos, even if you're not interested, watch the videos of me on YouTube on Spread the Happiness TV because they make me just funny. And the other thing is, it actually, I did it for the NHS. And um, then people took it into dementia care homes and um, they did it with dementia patients. And now in our Spread the Happiness community, we have about um, nearly 2,000 members of that currently. And they go, they take their children, their classes, into old people's homes and do disco with old people in old people's homes, which are just, the videos are so beautiful of that, of just really, really make me, cry to be honest because it's just beautiful seeing children in with old people in in an english society i don't think we have a love of old people um they kind of just there and i think that the spread the happiness movement is really getting people thinking about 
because most schools are near near an old people's home yeah near yeah. a care home um and everybody's dbs cleared and all that kind of stuff so you can go in and do stuff so i think that's really nice side of door disco is that it also spreads the happiness really just a fine muscle exercise and you know it's a really interesting human interaction between the different generations you know the the young and and the old and you see some yeah. great connections happening yeah it's amazing exactly. yeah and i think as well you know to me happiness is where children are because children are just happy you know and some children aren't happy but you have to look at the parents i think and then you think yeah. oh yeah that's why yeah. Um, but most children are happy and most people when you look at a child if they're in a supermarket if they're on a bus or you're just there next to you with you know uh, talking to their parents or, or, or whoever like I seen a granddad walking well he's actually a great granddad walking with his great granddaughter and he said I'm exhausted I said I know but I bet she makes you happy he was like she makes me so happy because children have that natural Epivescence, and I have that natural effervescence. In the science of happiness, you lose your happiness at the age of ten scientifically. Wow, that's yeah. That I mean, I would have thought maybe it's a bit later. Um, no, ten. Ten. That's the. That's Is there the, a reason? I mean, what would? Because you, at ten, you realise there's an end to life. Mm. You realise that there's actual an end, and also people start to say to you at 10 come on you need to be more serious you know mm. you realize that you you've got to start thinking about other things than rainbows and unicorns and pirates you you know that's mm. that's the the thinking yeah but i think that you can as an adult work out how when were you 10 okay so say like i'm 46 so that was 36 years ago if I lost my happiness at 10, which I didn't, but if I did lose my happiness at 10, how, how could I get that back at 46? And actually, it stems from your childhood. You just need to look back and think about what did you really enjoy as a child? So the, my, my PA, she is uh, 41. And when she heard me say this the first time, she started thinking, what did I enjoy? And she realized that she really enjoyed skipping, not with a rope, just skipping along the street. And she stopped skipping because somebody said to her, she was skipping and they said, if you skip along like that at your age, you're gonna get locked up. Okay, mm. that's what they said. So as in your mental, so they'll lock you up. And um, she stopped skipping. So when she heard me say that, she thought about it. So she went to some woods with her dogs and she thought, nobody's here, I'm just gonna skip. And she started skipping and now she skips all the time. She has George Ezra, you know George Ezra, the musician. She calls it Ezra skipping. So she has her headphones on, she puts George Ezra on and she just skips. And she actually, I, I tried it after she said it. I thought, yeah, I don't skip actually. We don't, we don't, you don't see adults skipping down the street, do you? So I started skipping and it does, it just brings that kind of childlike carefree joy. So think about what made you happy in your childhood and try to do that. Like if you like to hokey cokey, you know, say to your partner tonight, let's hokey cokey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move the furniture and just hokey cokey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, 
you guys should see her in action. It's um, very infectious. Uh, so what made you happy when you were a child and that you're still doing now? Um, well, actually, funnily enough, I was doing it this morning. Um, I, I live near the beach, so and I grew up by the beach, and my dad was a fisherman. Um, and I don't like fish because of that, because we ate a lot of fish. Um, but what makes me happy is going in the sea. So I put my wellies on this morning. I went to the beach. The dog was skipping along, and I was skipping along, and, and the waves were going crashing on my wellies, and I was going deeper, and then they splashed up my legs. And it, I just... That made me, makes me happy, like jumping into the sea. And 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 fluid splashing up your legs, great, yeah. yeah. That's that's. Yeah. Uh... That's like that's like forty-six-year-old happiness. Um, what else makes me happy is singing out yeah. loud. I cannot sing, but singing. I think just I'm going. I'm going tonight to an event um, with my comedy my comedy partner Howell. Him and his wife have a pub. Um, and at this pub, they have all sorts of like shows and and stuff. And I'm going to a show tonight, and they'll be singing, and I can't wait. I'm not, I don't drink, so because mm. I'm so happy. If I ever drink, then I'm just like off my head. So I just like things. So if I feel a bit miserable, do you like music? If I yeah. feel a bit miserable, yeah. I put I put on a song and I'll just dance around. Yeah. And when I travel with my my PA on the morning she'll come in the room and she'll say let's put the radio on and then a song will come on and the next minute we'll be on the bed like jumping up and down and 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 then we'll be like let's instagram this we love instagram so we'll be like let's instagram this and then and then like people will be like laughing and i just think that when you're you know it's that roll down phrase be so happy that it shines out your face and makes others happy I th that's when I do those things, I get so happy. It infects other people, and I think that's a good kind of infection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we all get infected with all sorts of things, and having that positive and that happy infection is uh, is great. People worry about what other people think about them. How yeah, do you, they do. How do you get over that? Well, do you know what? I had a realisation. I think it was my mum who said this to me. We are all so worried about what other people think about us, right? Every, every adult is. Even the most confident of adults yeah. is worried about what other people think about us. So while we're all worried about what other people think about us, other people are worried what we think about them. So everybody's just worried, right? So actually, nobody cares. Like, if... Yeah. I like, like for me, because I'm so happy, one of my favourite things, and, and you know, people might say I live in a bubble, but I go to the supermarket, a cheesy song comes on, and I'm freaking out by the biscuits. I just, like, why not? Like, let's just freak out by the biscuits. And this summer, a magical thing happened, because the happier I'm becoming and the more I'm not allowing that my own lemon sucker, because I think you can have a big lemon sucker in your own head, and that's worrying about what people think about you. So I just kind of think, actually, stop that because I'm enjoying, I'm happy, I'm creating that emotion. And a lady came alongside me in the biscuits, right? And she starts dancing and then she goes, whoop, with her fingers like to pass the dance on. She starts a dance off with me. So me, we did not go on social media. We did not get our phones out and record it. We just danced with each other. We didn't even have a conversation. At the end of the song, we burst out laughing, walked off, never saw her again. Brilliant. Like, I'll never forget that. 
and and you know sort of gradually the sort of inhibitions disappear and and you it just becomes normal after a bit it just yeah, becomes it natural and because do you know what it is i think people who are enjoying life like really enjoying life and you know happiness is a choice but we all know that so why don't we choose it you know yeah. it's like we all know that we need to move more and eat less but we don't mm. <laughs> you know it's all a choice but happiness is exactly the same it's an emotion and you can create that emotion you can create it instantly in your working day so we have a thing called personal anthem because i think that life you know people who are in professions like ours like teachers and doctors and nurses and you know we are caring people and we're nice people and we just do what we're told so if the government says do this we do it you know we might say oh we're gonna have a strike but then we're quiet and down and we just get on with it don't we so for me i think we've got to in this modern age flip our thinking a little bit more into kind of like a boxer like a boxer does not go into the ring like thinking oh i'm a bit tired i'm a bit miserable you know it's monday can't wait for friday they go in that ring don't they they're like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> right so this is a, i did this about i did this about two years ago okay? i flipped my thinking on the morning when i was going to work i thought right i'm just going to be like a boxer so how does a boxer get into the ring that that kind of mentality they have a personal anthem. Yeah. They also have shiny shorts and a nice dressing gown. But yeah, plus they got six pack and yeah, they go topless. <laughs> yeah, that's another I way of going. Get in school if I dress like that. So I, I thought they've got a personal anthem. So I downloaded like a personal anthem and I played it in the car on the way in. Like somebody has messaged me on Twitter today and said, "There's his Eminem." Um, I can't remember which one, but you know, you know Eminem. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, she's going in there today, and she she's like Eminem, you know. And I just love that. I love that kind of. So, what's your personal anthem? What is it? Um, who's that girl by Eve? You know, sing it for us. Yeah. Girl, who's that girl? Can it sink, can it? But you know. Yeah, I know definitely. I mean, I've got quite a few actually, and. Go on, watch yours, watch yours. I think it's I the tiger, my one. Yeah. yeah I just get a bit. Top yeah, two. yeah. I, I I can't sing, and I'm not going to try. But... I the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> so um, uh, the dough you've you've sort of, it's gone international. Is, is is there differences between different education system children or is it all pretty much the same no it's all the same because yeah. humans i yeah. hate to tell you are all the same they all have a brain it develops exactly the same way it doesn't matter where you come from does it it's exactly yeah. the same and and you know that's the thing about do disco is it's so simple and it's uniting an education community because what we've started from that is a positive education community mm. because you you can get into in any career you do a career I mean the sciences if you do anything for more than three years you get stuck in a rut so if you mm. have had a relationship for more than three years if you've had a same job for more than three years you know you can get stuck in a rut but in our community 
we set challenges on a monthly basis. So we do different kinds of challenges. You'd have a career challenge, a personal challenge, a challenge with your class, um, and a community challenge because kindness is such a cliche, but actually it is such a powerful tool in 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 the in in choosing happiness. Because if I ever wake up, and, and there are days sometimes that I wake up probably the same as you and I'm in a dark place then I go and I make myself do a random act of kindness um, especially we work with um, the, the homeless shelter our local homeless shelter which has 48 beds and then 26 in another location so I might wake up and, and actually um, the, I think it's tomorrow I'm baking uh, pasties for the homeless shelter and in my freezer and I'm not like a pastry maker so I've bought like loads of frozen pastry every time I open the freezer I feel excited that that pastry is there that I'm going to be making them pasties with my mom we have such a beautiful time we take them to the home we never see anybody eat the pasties we don't uh, you know we don't even have a conversation really we just hand them over and they go oh thanks you're so amazing and we don't we don't even I don't even expect that because that process between making the pasties and delivering the pasties is enough. And when I drive home, I think about people who are hungry having a big pasty in the tummy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you know that's that's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, you've worked in different cultures. I mean, are are some cultures more resistant to sort of happiness and and uh, laughter, or, or does anything sort of stick in your mind? Yeah, I think that when I go to different cultures, like I've done a lot of work in the Middle East, for example, Mm -hmm. at first, and Egypt, that was another one, at first people are are almost like, like, (laughs) I don't know what the word is. It's like... Crazy. They're almost like, yeah, this is crazy. Like, what is this? But what I call my keynote speech is permission to... So, for example, in next week, I'm going to speak to accountants. <laughs> Good luck. Sorry, I'm just laughing because accountants and Jeanette are like polar opposites. But when they saw me, this accountancy company, they were like, we need you to come to our ball and we need you to come and speak to our accountants because what is crazy to them is actually what they need because I don't, I've never, well, I'm lying, I've met two people probably who say, I don't need happiness in my life, da, la, 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 I'm happy like this. We call them happiness terrorists because they just don't want to be happy. You know, they no interest in happiness, just enjoy being miserable and infecting other people I think very often happiness terrorists get a kick out of making other people miserable so for somebody if they work with somebody like me they just find me totally irritating totally like why do you want to be like that and almost want to just suck all of that happiness out but I think you know if you're I've got an abundance of happiness so I'm lucky but if you're like a normal person with a normal level of happiness and you work with a happiness terrorist, this can be destructive. Yeah. It can be destructive to you so physically. It can be destructive to you mentally. And and you stay in there because you think, they're going to change, they're going to change. They're not. Mm. I don't think happiness terrorists want to change. Lemon suckers 
are people who've become unhappy over since they were 10. Mm. So, and lemon suckers, very often when I talk about being a lemon sucker, will cough up their lemon, you know, they'll, they'll spit it out. In, in a school recently, a head teacher sent her biggest lemon sucker to my event and the lemon sucker went back and wrote a note on her desk, a big note with some flowers saying, I'm sorry, I've realized I am the biggest lemon sucker in this school. How do you now, do that? I, how how do you do that? Um, because I I I use comedy really yeah. to make people aware about lemon sucking. Because sometimes you can just be a le- you know I can be a lemon sucker as a parent to my children. You know when I come home from work and all the lights are on in the house, I'm like, oh my goodness, is it Blackpool in here? Who's paying the bill? <laughs> so you know my children were having a nice time till I came home. It's true. Yeah. So it's sort of re- realizing, well, comedy. Comedy is. I is, think yeah. it's saying to people. Yeah. That I'm a lama. Yeah. 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 But this is the effect you're having, not yeah. only on yourself, but other people. Yeah. And I think in jobs where you work with the public, you should, lemon suckers should not be in that position because you have a massive power when you work with the public to infect them. And if you're, like, I think about secretaries, you know, when you go anywhere and you have to go to reception and your your secretary's like, we went to one the other day and the secretary had a glass thing mm. and she was sat and she was just looking at me through the glass. And then, so I was there and I was like, hi, you know, big smile, hi, you know, and, it, and, and this is what always makes me laugh about people who speak about positivity. They're like, smile, go out there and smile, infect the world. It don't work like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. You you can go out and you can smile and people can just be like looking at you and eventually you can stop smiling because people don't smile back. Yeah. This woman was not smiling, she was just, then she answered the phone, then she chatted to her friend, and I'm like at the glass, like I need to come in, like I'm coming in to do something. So I like tapped on the glass with my finger and she went, what? Now, that was my first introduction to that workplace. Mm. That She was the first face. Now imagine, okay, let's flip it. Okay, because she did come to the training, so I bet she is different now. <laughs> she opening the glass, morning, how can I help you? Instant. You're like, wow, this is a nice place, yeah. you know? So I think that by using the term lemon sucker, it's funny, but it is a cultural shift because mm. people then in, in a workplace, if you talk about lemon suckers, when people are then sucking other people's happiness, you can say, are you being a lemon sucker? Or you're mm. sucking my happiness. I think I say that to my children now. It's so funny. Like, I say, you are genuinely sucking out my happiness. And my son, uh, who's 17, nearly 18, was like carrying on. And I said, now you're sucking it down. It's now four. It's now three. It's now two. You know, and and he's gone. And in the end, he started laughing. You know, he said, sorry, I'm being a lemon sucker. You know, it's like a humorous way to say, can you stop with your negativity? (laughs) And and it's also a way of separating yourself from the actual negativity. So it's it's not actually you who's negative. It's actually that lemon or that, you know, pineapple or that car that's... 
It's if you were, I, the way that I thought about lemon sucker was knowing somebody puts a lemon in the mouth and, the, and it's like so bitter and they do that hurts. That's the kind of face lemon suckers do, you know. So just making people aware. But another funny story about this is a girl came to my training about six years ago and she's still in my community now. And she tells a story how she sat there and she thought, I'm a lemon sucker. And I need to stop being a lemon sucker. So she went back to work and she did all the things that I'd said. And and then two years in, she was so happy inside. She genuinely was like changed and happy inside. And she said, but what I realized two years in is I forgot to tell my face I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, true. I love that. It's like, tell your face, let your face show that you're happy. Because some people are, they're just, doing that face because that's what they've always done yeah i always feel sorry for people when they've got like that face what is just naturally downturned because you weren't born like that yeah it it's it's amazing i mean as doctors we don't smile much and the ones that do patients love them yeah you know it's sort of you know as you said really simple things but make a massive difference in in your life i think as well as doctors like if you're one of the things about illness is like when people are miserable or unhappy they are sicker i don't know if that's a statistic i bet it is but actually if you're going to a doctor who's more positive like can you imagine me being a doctor i'd come and see you and i'd be like right what's the matter come on let's do some clapping Let's wrap this out. What's your personal anthem? You know, by the time you left, you know, especially those persistent offenders of doctors, people who were coming all the time, that would just suck my happiness out and be like, look, there's nothing wrong with you. Will you get over it? Get out of it. <laughs> you can come work with me anytime for sure. You can... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I had a very good teacher and probably my best teacher and you know he had a smile on his face every day and he would have he would literally joke with his patients and you know yeah. he you know he saw um he was a rheumatologist so he saw all these old ladies with chronic um inflammatory disease in their wrists and their ankles and their knees you know they go in miserable well not too miserable because i know they're going to see him yeah and then they come out just just laughing and sort of having yeah and it was amazing how he did that every day and um i didn't have the insight to sort of learn from why he's like that i'm sure i'm sure he's been so many uh, through so many difficulties in his life which made him realize that actually life is so short yeah you know you know why should we you know make it even shorter for ourselves why not why not just elongate it with happiness well, as well, the, it, when um, I wrote my book, Happiness, the Route Map to Inner Joy, um, they, one of the facts that I learned when I wrote that was every person born is gifted a life of 4,000 weeks on average. And as doctors, you know that lots and lots more than most people's stories that people don't live 4,000 weeks. That's only 79. So what we encourage people to do 
is work out how many weeks you've got left. So I'm 46, mm. I've got 1,607 weeks. Mm. Like my mum is 67. She's only got 576, I think, or something like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to learn how to cook the Christmas dinner because like she's so awesome at cooking <laughs> dinners, but there's not many Christmases left in them weeks, is there? <laughs> so the reason why we work it out is not to be depressed and go, oh, I've got that many weeks is to get excited because like your doctor there that you used as a role model is the fact that Eve, we all work, okay, and I actually love working, you love working, but lots of people don't love mm. working, but you have to work because you maybe's got a mortgage or like me, you've got loads of children like you, you've got to feed them, then they bring you a puppy, just saying, right? So we've got to work. But wouldn't it be amazing if every day of work from now on was was full of happiness? You felt happier about going to work. You were driving to work and you were actually excited to get there. Then that's what that man, I think, would say to you is, I'm happy every day at work because I'm at work. I've got to be here. So why not be happy while I'm here? Like, to me, that's like that favorite new word, isn't it? No brainer. It's a no brainer. It is it because actually when you're happier you're healthier your well-being goes up people i also think you you infect other people and and also you you learn to see like the funny side like there is a funny side i think to most things you know mm. i've had loads of things happen to me in my life but you if you switch it to a comedy mm. kind of perspective it just it just is easier to deal with because some situations and, and some situations that doctors listening to you will deal with will be really difficult situations but yeah. if you're enjoying your work you know and and you you feeling happier then that most definitely definitely means that the rest of your weeks are going to be happy ones yeah yeah i mean i've i i found it really difficult to write my book and and what came to me was actually just write up my cock-ups and 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 have a funny you know laugh about it basically yeah because that's all you can do yeah exactly that's all you can and do you know what i think as well in this social media world Everybody thinks everybody's perfect. You know, I just bought um, like this mushroom thing that because I seen this advert on Facebook and it was this girl, gorgeous, gorgeous, amazing girl in shorts going on this mushroom, which is for squats, right? And it was like, you can look like this, right? And I probably was in a mad moment and I was like, buy that! I want to look like that girl in shorts. I'm going to look like her, even though I'm like 20 plus years older than her. So like I buys it and it comes and I'm just like, every time I go on it, but not for to look like the girl in shorts, but just for pure comedy. I think I'm gonna make a video because I do it in my. Yeah, jars. I'll watch that. Yeah, I'll I, watch that. You watch me squatting, squatting on my mushroom. I'm like, <laughs> woo, woo. I'm not looking yet like the girl. I'm wondering whether to write to the company. <laughs> well, you know, you can always include it into your workshop. I thought, you know, I, I think you'll get lots of laughs there. <laughs> Who was your um, best uh, role model and mentor and person that really inspired you? Do you know what? Because mentally, I am a child. Mr. Happy yeah. um, by Roger Hargreaves. That is my own personal self-help book. 
That's the first book I ever read. I could read by the time I was three because uh, my mum was a post office counter woman and she taught me to read uh, by the time I was three. So I read Roger Hargreaves and I read that book so much and it's so true. Like Mr. Happy lives in the happy land. Um, he, he loves everything. He loves the birds. He loves, you know, walking. He loves this. And then one day he finds a door and he's like, ooh, there's a door. And then he goes, he's... But in the book, it's very clever. I don't know if Roger Hargreaves meant this because he's dead now, so I can't ask him. But he's Mr. Happy goes down a spiral staircase. Now, there, there is a book about the um, the upward spiral, about how you can, if you, if you feel yourself going on a downward spiral, how you can actually use tips. And lots of our happiness injection tips make you go on an upward spiral, okay? If you come to a session with us, you'll be like, whoa! but Mr Happy goes on this downward staircase and at the bottom he meets Mr Miserable Mm. and there's a picture in the in the book and it is my wedding photo of me and my first husband because I was just so yay I was like 23 I was so happy like and he was not uh, happy so I just think that Mr Happy is my role model because people say lots of things to people who are happy probably to you they probably say you're crazy you're yeah. nice but you're crazy or you're mad as a box of frogs is what people say to me and I'm like how mad actually is a box of frogs like if you got a box of frogs would you think oh look at them they're mad <laughs> well they look happy bouncing around isn't it Sliming each other, right? So it isn't that we're crazy. It's just we choose happiness. Yeah. And if that's crazy, then I'm happy to be crazy because, you know, I don't, I, I switch off negativity. So I don't, I listen to radio stations that have news. I don't watch television very much at all. And if I do, it's probably recorded so I can fast forward the adverts because they suck your happiness out. Look what happened on Facebook about mushroom because I didn't feel happy because my body was a little bit flabby. I wanted to get on a mushroom. What is not going to make me look like that girl? Do you see what I mean? And I think comparison can be one of the worst things, can't it? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, comparison is is a is a very lemon-sucking activity. I mean, there's one thing that I think comparison is good is comparing yourself to what you were last year or the year before in in terms of improvement, improving yourself. Yes, um, I like that. Yeah, and increasing your um, levels of happiness. Yeah, growth. Yeah, Yeah. you know, just increasing... And you know what, actually, you are so right because we do not do that kind of comparison. Hmm. We we compare ourselves with other people, but we don't compare ourselves with the person we were six months ago or the person we were a year ago. And actually, you're so right because when you do look back and you think, well, yeah, actually, you know, um, a year ago in January, that's when I started my self-help comedy shows and we now on tour and we're working towards going to the fringe in 2019 and you know what my PA said this to me the other day she said could you just look at how far you've come please because yeah. I was like oh you know it's not enough I want an arena tour I want to fly in on a golden eagle she was like but could you just look how far you've come you thought about what you wanted to do you created a pathway to do that you're doing it and people are now paying to see you 
and the money that people are paying to see you, you're using to feed other people. So like, wow, yeah. you know, but you're right. You're so right. We should all do that. We should yeah. do that more. Just look that. back to where you came from and look forward to the happiness that you're going to create for yourself. Yeah, and others. And yeah. like go yeah. out in the world and hold hands and stick together. Yeah. You know, even if it's just with one other person. Like I'm so lucky that I have this community. I genuinely, genuinely love every single one of them. And I love they're posting things, they're sharing things, and they're all out there infecting other human beings with happiness not just in their own schools but in their own lives in their own mm. communities and the ripple of that that's that's the most important thing you get happier after listening to this podcast and yeah. i'm going to be happier from having this conversation with you yeah i will then ripple that out today right across everybody i meet because you can't help it yeah yeah absolutely it's been an absolute pleasure we've learned so much from you Thank we're you. super happy the people listening to this are, are, are definitely deciding and having that choice to be more happy i asked this question to all my guests at the end okay. um what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done um, ooh, what's the naughty i'm so not naughty like that come on like i know because i'm a teacher have I made you quiet? I can't believe that. I I know I'm trying to... Now, do you know what, though? I'm feeling really boring because I haven't got anything naughty. Well, it could be a, a happiness naughty or a fun naughty. I think the naughtiest thing I've ever done um, is is wind up lemon suckers. Uh, yes, I like that. By being even happier. Yeah. Um, because lot, I, I work with a lot of lemon suckers and so I over my time I've done really naughty things like there was a big large lemon sucker she was very large and she worked in a school and she sat on a wheelie chair she, she was like <laughs> 28 years old and she moved around four-year-old children on a wheelie chair. And I put the chair in the bin. Well done. Well done. She hated me. Hated me. I think Good. that's probably the naughtiest. Well, I would have uh, Simon clapped. Angel. Yes, absolutely. I would have clapped, actually. But... <laughs> so how can people get hold of you? What's the best way? Um, I have a website, www.shanettebassonwood.com. I, like you, have a podcast called Happiness Injections on iTunes. Super. And um, we have a happiness festival coming up in uh, June next year, which you can get tickets on Eventbrite. And that is in Birmingham as well. So if you have a lemon sucker, bring them, because I guarantee you after a day with all the fabulous speakers and dancers and music, they will definitely be coughing up lemons excellent excellent um we're gonna sort of put all the bits and pieces on the website and on the links and all that kind of stuff um so it's going to be super super great thank you so much it's been the a pleasure. great pleasure lots, lots of love and happiness to everyone thank you thanks a lot thanks for listening to this installment of the surgical spirit podcast for all the latest in the world of Surgical Spirit, don't forget to follow on Twitter 
at The Third Eye Doc and catch me on Facebook at the page The Third Eye Doctor. You can visit the website at www.thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk for more information on the work that I do. And please send us feedback and questions and suggestions for the podcast. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. I've been Dr. Haida Al-Hakim and I'll see you next time.